I'm in a good mood, good groove, pull me up The plane leaving 30, fix your life, hurry up Aki Rice Peas putting curry over duck Alright, what's up Philadelphia? Yeah, welcome to another episode of Scotty Talks Philly Sports. Um, you know, not your typical Thursday, especially not your typical Thursday after three Philly games in one day. Uh, yesterday, Wednesday, um, we had the Sixers, the Flyers, the Phillies play all in one day, and they all lost. Are you joking? Miserable Thursday today, you know, after a loss, and then we get two more Phillies losses today with blown leads. And that's what's crazy about yesterday, right? Our two playoff teams, the Sixers and the Flyers, both blew leads yesterday. Flyers didn't lead long. But they blew the lead. Six too long either. They blew the lead. <sighs> so um, you know what's on my mind now. Um, before I get started, you know I'm just gonna go over the two losses. We got two games tomorrow, two playoff games. Uh, Friday, you know, need those games, man. Need them. Um, but before we get started, I do want to just remind you guys, um, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being listeners. I do truly appreciate it. Um, you know, my co-hosts, uh, all the people that helped me out, Section 215, all about the birds, people I write for. Um, thank you for the opportunities. Uh, my guy, David Esser, hooked me up with the Section 215. <laughs> I know he thinks I subtweeted him the other day about the Sixers, man. But nah, I was I was subtweeting all the Sixers fans that gave up on the on the Sixers, man. And you know, at this point, I don't blame you. I'm not gonna can't hate on you for it because you you saw something before I saw it. Um, but at the same time, I'm gonna ride it out. Sixers going four and three. We gonna win this series. Um, <laughs> don't <laughs> don't hold your you know breath, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, four and three, game seven is going to the Sixers. It's going to go seven games. We're going to take against Boston. Shut that Jason Tatum shit up, right? It's my Duke boy, but he, he's got to stop frying us. <laughs> Foul him hard or something, you know, stop frying us. Um, nah, but I do want to just remind everybody, if you're watching right now, right, you know, below, just go down and subscribe, like, uh, comment on the video if you like it. If you didn't like my takes, let me know about it. I, I want to hear it. Uh, I love all different perspectives. Uh, it's always fun. It's all fun. It's sports. It's fun, man. Uh, different perspectives makes it even more fun because you, you see it from two ways and then you see it happen in front of you. And it's maybe it doesn't play out either of those ways, but it was fun to talk about it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I'm going to start with the Sixers, finish with the Flyers, both uh, disappointing yesterday, but two teams in two different situations for sure um yeah so let's start with the sixers man what a 128 101 loss something like that oh, 27 point loss in the playoffs to the celtics man and i know ben simmons is out but come on are we that much worse than the celtics because celtics aren't world beaters i mean they're, they're good for sure and 
Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're definitely hitting their strides right now, but um, they're not unbeatable. Come on. Come on. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, I was, I was calling for adjustments from Brett Brown. Um, you know, I think it was Tuesday or so. Uh, I, was, I was calling for adjustments, adjustments, adjustments. Um, he comes out, you know, adjusts the starting lineup exactly how I asked. And you see, they got out to what, a 25 and 11, 25 to 11 lead in the first quarter. From there, downhill, he went with that stupid big bully ball lineup. Um, sat Shake Milton for a long time, had Neto in the game. Uh, just, you know, questionable shit. Like, it, it's just stuff, you know, like my high school basketball coach would be ashamed. Like, it, it's, it's bad basketball. Um, and this is what I kind of want to lead off with is, is kind of like, you know, the, where the Brett Brown hate comes from. I know it like seems like from the outside that it's all unwarranted and that we're like blaming Brett Brown for everything. And like, it's not his fault that Al Horford's on this team. It's not his fault that Jimmy Butler left, which that's a whole other conversation, but it is his fault that Jimmy Butler's gone. Let's be real about that. Um, but, you know, he he didn't control all of these these general management moves, you know, bringing in Horford, bringing in, you know, trading for Tobias, all this stuff um, that costs us draft picks, money, you know, other players. So it's not all Brett Brown's fault. But as a basketball mind, somebody that's played basketball for years on years, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been around great minds of basketball uh, a lot of my life. And you know, it, the people it bothers the most of Brett Brown are the people that truly understand the basketball side of it and the fundamentals and leadership that this team is missing because it's it's stupid shit like turnovers. You know, good, good coach teams don't turn the ball over because they know something will happen as far as discipline, being held accountable. They won't, they won't be as careless with the ball. That's obvious that that's not going on. Um, you know, the one-on-one -on -one ball, you know, you don't get you don't get disciplined or held accountable for taking a bad shot. You know, Joel Embiid doesn't get dis disciplined or held accountable for not being in the paint. You know what I mean? So, and, and then you look at the other things, whereas it's, it's, it's simple basketball stuff. So just, just telling you like today's day and age, the dribble drive is what, I mean, that's, it's not even this day and age, it, it's basketball basics, the dribble drive. You drive in, you attract attention, and that leaves people open, that gives other people opportunities. So you saw it in the first part of that game where they're just driving and kicking, driving and kicking, and it's moving, it's shifting the defense around, and then you're getting Joel Embiid in better situations down on the block. Instead of him catching the ball out by the by the three-point line and you're posting up from the three-point line, that's not normal. Al Warford, you know, out, you know, 18, 19 feet posting up. Sure, you got a mismatch, but it isn't a mismatch out that far. So that stuff to me, guys not getting down on the block, the square block at the right by the rim where big men belong. People, the, the fact that the players aren't going down in the spots that they should be, just basketball basics, lets me know that that is all coaching, man. Like, I know the GM and the ownership is not great. It's not good, period. It's, it's terrible. They're, they're part of the problem. 
But the deep roots of this team right now is Brett Brown. Yes, some of these players shouldn't be here. Some other players should be. But you, you play with what you got and you make the best of it. And that's the problem. This team has not made the best of, if that makes sense. So, you know, basketball basics, you, you, you're you on defense and you have the big man dropping down on screen and rolls. Boston's big men aren't threats. You live with Daniel Tice, you know, hitting a shot, driving to the rack. You live with Ennis Cantor driving to the rack or shooting a mid-range jump shot. That's better than Jason Tatum coming off the screen wide open because Embiid is back in the paint, protecting the paint. Threes cost more than twos. The NBA is about guarding the three-point line. If you get beat on some of those plays, what, Jason Tatum, I mean, how many, how many threes did he hit yesterday? This man hit eight for 12 threes. Now, some of that is, you know, him being talented and on fire. A lot of that is wide open looks. 12 three-pointers you're shooting in one game? And, and not only that, but you're making eight? Come on, he's, he's not even a guy that likes to settle for threes. He's a mid-range shooter. He loves to he had, his tool bag is in the mid-range. But he was just pulling up. I mean, and a, and a lot of it is his skill. He is an excellent player. But come on, those wide open looks. I mean, you look at what Kemba Walker said today. He's talking about this is the most space that I've ever played. <laughs> Players shouldn't be saying that in the playoffs. Right? Against a Philly, you know, a blue-collar city. Supposed to have like, you know, tough teams. And, and that's the other thing I'm going to get to with the Flyers later, but I, I won't touch on that right now. But um, these are supposed to be tough teams, you know what I mean? And, you know, Jimmy Butler, if he was out there leading that team, that shit ain't going on. You know, you know what I mean? Like, screw Brett Brown. I'm going to do what I know is best on defense and play defense. But you're going to bench him for stepping up on the screen, but you won't bench him for taking a bad shot or not getting in the paint? So, you know, part of that's on Joel and B. Just step up anyways. Who cares what Brett Brown says? Literally. But then, you know, today, once again, back to the basics, you see, you see reports of Brett Brown, you know, he comes out and he says, yeah, we're going over, you know, like hedging screens on the pick and roll. You're going over that? That should be something that's already implemented in, in you know, training camp, practice. It shouldn't be playoffs now we're learning out ahead screens. Come on. You didn't have any other backup plans of, you know, defenses, defensive, uh, you know, schemes that you might have to play to beat certain teams. You're just going to play your way the entire time, right? That's his first mistake. And, uh, you know, we stuck out that big bully ball. You know, I'm, I'm to the point now where I don't even think Al Horford, like, should he even get minutes? I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what the point of him being on the court is. Other than the fact that you're paying him $100 million and you just want to get usage. Like, I, I get that, but that's not going to win you playoff games. And at the end of the day, man, this guy, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God, the money that we've wasted. And it's wasted because nobody's taking that contract. Nobody's taking Tobias's contract, man. And I've, I've been an avid Toby supporter, man. And, but, <laughs> excuse me, 
when I saw last night, it got me choked up because, you know, I love Toby, but as a person, but him as a player, man, it, it is, he is who he is. There's a reason he's been, you know, kind of passed around in the NBA. It, it, he's always been that transition piece. Like I met, mentioned in that Trust Toby uh, article that I wrote for Section 215, he's always been that transition piece that teams like, but they're willing to let go of it to get something better. And that's what the Clippers did to us. They they traded Tobias to us, you know. We, we got like Bobon, Bobby and uh, whoever else, what, Mike Scott, some shit. I mean, sure. And then look, the Clippers now have Landry Shamit. They got some draft picks. Uh, and then, you know, they go out and they have the cap space because they didn't spend money on a guy like Tobias. And they get Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George in the same offseason. Mind you, LA's. A lot more desirable than Philly. That that's not a unknown fact. Like no nobody's saying we would have got Kawhi or got Paul George or anything like that. Um, but the point is, you know, he's just always been that piece that teams are willing to separate with to get better assets. And um, he showed that in this series and, and last night especially. You know what? What what are you on the floor for, Tobias? You got. 13 points, four for 15 shootings. I mean, four for 15, 13 points in what, 35 minutes. But he makes 100 and what, 80 million? That don't make sense. So, you know, what I had come to realize last night is that, you know, even if you play big bully ball, you're not losing the Boston by 27 points or like being blown out in the third quarter, which once again, they took over in the third quarter. That's where coaching comes into play because you make those adjustments at halftime. That's why Boston's such a good team in the third quarter because they have Brad Stevens, who is a good coach. You see it in the third quarter, they expanded that lead times like four <laughs> type shit. So um, you see it, man. And uh, what I realized yesterday is that it appears that this team has truly stopped listening to Brett Brown. They don't care to play for Brett Brown. And and they showed it with their effort yesterday. They got embarrassed and um you know indeed you know has his, his head in his hands. That's the worst sight you want to see as a Philly fan cuz he's fed up. He's frustrated. He is frustrated and this has been years, you know, back to back where it's frustrating playoff experiences. And, and I don't blame him, man. I don't blame him. I don't think he's the type that will, will give up on the city and request a trade. But, you know, if we keep Brett Brown around, everybody will be leaving. So um, that's one thing. He's got to go. Um, I'm sorry, Brett. You know, you're not a bad guy. Um, but you're not a good coach. Not a good head coach, I should say. Uh, you, you always want to bring up you played with the Spurs, whatever. You coach with the Spurs. Don't nobody care. It's about what you're doing today and yesterday and tomorrow. So um, my hopes and my only belief in the Sixers that they can win the series and go on, you know, to the second round is if they start to play for themselves. Stop worrying about Brett Brown. Don't even listen to him. <laughs> Don't even listen to him. He's an idiot. Everything that he said in the last this week has just dug himself such a huge hole of mediocrity and unknowingness of basketball knowledge and understanding and the, the ability to be versatile and change 
he doesn't understand that, and, and that's something that will not work in the NBA today. It's an ever-changing league. You have to keep up with what's in, and um, that's something that you see the Sixers have not been able to do. Um, so that's my first thing. Brett Brown's got to go. Elton Brand, you can follow him out. I mean, uh, I don't got nothing to say. You know what I mean? Like, you've traded draft capital. You brought in Al Horford. You've lost Jimmy Butler. You've, you know what I mean? Just so many things that are just unreal at this point. Um, it, it's just crazy. It's it's crazy. So, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at, even even my man Thibel, you know, who's an effort guy. He's, he's an effort guy. He's a defender. And he comes in, you know, kind of looks uninspired, man. And I don't know if that's just him starting, you know, as a rookie, scared, whatever the case may be. Um, like I said, they started the game good. And then, you know, interesting stat I fell upon today. You know, I was watching first take for a little bit because I love when Stephen A. talked about the Sixers because he keeps it real. And he says everything I want to hear <laughs> when I'm watching something. Um but he gave out an interesting stat, you know, after the Sixers went up in that first quarter, 25 to 11, Boston went on a 69 to 19 run. 69 to 19. That is unreal. That's unreal. They got outscored by 50 points in a certain time span between the halfway through that first quarter into halfway through the third quarter when they're down 80 to like 44. That is crazy. <laughs> this is a playoff team. The Orlando Magic just beat the best team in the East, but we are getting outscored 59 to 69 to 19. Are, are we kidding? Are we joking? That sounds crazy. Um, yeah, so that was just an interesting fact tidbit about that game yesterday. Um, like I said, I'm hoping tomorrow the Sixers, you know, they come out. Play for yourself, MB. Play for your pride. Uh, I know you're not no sucker. Um, you're not a loser. Play for yourself. Don't play for Brett Brown. Don't play for the, for the owners. Don't play for the GM. You play for yourself, you play for your team, and you play hard, and that's all we can ask, man. And I guarantee you, if they start thinking like that and playing like that, they can beat the Celtics, man. And I know they have it in them. Uh, just give them seven games. <laughs> Don't give up yet, but if you have, I, I definitely understand. <laughs> it's hard, man. I was I was just maxed out in stress yesterday. Um, you know, by eight of eight. 8.30, I'm stressed out because, you know, I turned to the Flyers game, they're down a goal already, and, you know, it's just, whew. But, um, yeah. Uh, my last point with the Sixers, and, um, you know, I don't have anything else as far as, you know, giving advice to the Sixers, other than, you know, simple basketball shit. Don't just stand around with the ball on offense. Don't try to go one-on-one -on, -one on offense. Dribble drive. Catch the ball, you know, dribble in, try to get past your defender, dribble in to the paint, pass it out to the next guy. He has an off-balance defender, dribble drive into the lane, pass it out. Now you got the defense shifting around. Now you're going to get better looks for everybody. 
That's simple shit of basketball, literally simple scheme, simple basics, fundamentals. Um, on defense, hedge the screen, literally step up on the screen. Don't give them wide open threes and you won't lose a lead as fast. You won't get the give up ground as fast as far as going down by so much. Because if a team like the Celtics are hot and you're just laying off the screens, they're going to lose. They're, they're getting threes instead of twos. You're going to lose, literally, rhymes. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, my, my, my last point with the Sixers, you know, aside from those fundamental basics, just get back to them. Just playing tough defense, gritty. Just get gritty. You got nothing to lose at this point. You're down 2-0. Um, we, as Sixers fans, you know, we criticize Embiid so much, man. And, and I'm, I've been victim to it. I even came into this playoff series, you know, thinking, like, uh, Embiid's got to play his best basketball. It's time for him to show that he can be the MVP, you know, and take over the team and, and just take us wherever we need to be. You know, we can go to the finals with Embiid. That was irresponsible of me to think that way. Because, you know, I look back on the best big men, you know, at least in my lifetime. And um, I just think back, you know, guys like, uh, I mean, you could throw Dirk in there, Duncan, Kevin Garnett, um, Shaq, you know, these, these, these just legendary Hall of Fame caliber guys. None of them were playing with a, a role player like Tobias, like a, an advanced role player like Tobias Harris, you know what I mean? Those guys were playing with bona fide superstars most of the time. Even uh, Dwight Howard, you know, when he was on Orlando, took them to the finals against the Lakers. You even go back, okay, so let's go through Shaq's career and his titles that he won, right? He's in LA, he's playing with Kobe Bryant. He's a, what, second or third best player of all time. Some people's favorite best player of all time. Kobe Bryant. And B don't got Kobe Bryant beside him. Ben Simmons is not some knockoff. I'm not including Ben Simmons in this conversation because we are not playing with Ben Simmons right now. Um, so then you move to his next team. He won a championship with the Heat. He had D Wade in his, the best D Wade that has ever been. Like superstar D Wade, another Hall of Famer, right beside Shaq. You look at Tim Duncan's career. At one point, you know, he has David Robinson beside him. Then, you know, he moves on. He has Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. And then, of course, they got all types of other guys that were mixed in there. But these are this. These are the cornerstones. Then you move on. You got Kawhi with you. You know what I mean? So it just, his career was awesome because he had, you know, he had some Hall of Famers beside him. Um, Kevin Garnett, you know, when does he win his championship with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and Rondo? Um, Dwight Howard, he play, he goes to the championship. He has shooters around him. J.J. Redick, Rashard Lewis, Hito Turkoglu, Jameer Nelson. Like, these guys are set up for success. When you put a guy in the middle like that, you know, Dwight Howard's not nearly as skilled as Joel Embiid. All he did was block shots, get rebounds, and putbacks. That's all he was. But you know what? They would feed that, that ball to him on that block. He would turn around and dunk if he could. If he's getting double teamed, he'd throw it out to a shooter. I mean, Embiid has been set up for failure by the franchise. Let's be honest. But especially this playoffs, uh, you know, this playoff season, he, he's been set up for failure. I mean, what's he supposed to do? Score 50 points and grab 30 rebounds? We'd still lose, literally. My man right now, Joel Embiid, you know, we're asking so much of him. We're like, you know, 
do more, Joe. Get down in the paint, Joe. Do this, Joe. Grab more rebounds, Joe. Play better defense, Joe. Joe ain't the problem, man. He's tired because he's doing everything on offense. If he don't score, I don't feel confident in anybody that's taking the shot, literally. So, you know, my man Embiid is averaging 30 points per game in the two games. 53% shooting, he's shooting at a good rate. Even for a big man, that's great. Especially, you know, for a guy that shoots mid-range jump shots and three-pointers, that's great. 13 rebounds a game, 35 and a half minutes a game. But that's because when he's out there, he gets no breaks on defense, no breaks on offense. He's, he's constantly having to be the focus. And um, I just wanted to leave all that, you know, irresponsible expectation behind. Like nobody would, you know, even if he is the greatest big man of all time, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who played with Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson, you know, you you need help. And, and, it, and it goes for every superstar. It's not just big men. It's, it's every superstar needs help. Um, whether it's like the Raptors last year where you got Kawhi, who is a bona fide superstar MVP caliber player. But then you got the pieces around Kyle Lowry, tough, gritty point guard, plays defense, shoots threes. Fred Manfleet coming off the bench or playing that shooting guard, whatever you need him to do, straps up, shoots threes. Pascal Siakam, the nice, you know, partner in crime for Kawhi during that season. You see it, man. And it's not just about players because you look at the Raptors system, they didn't lose a step with losing Kawhi last year. Who, like I said, is MVP caliber player. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things going into this. Uh, I, I do, like like I said, man, I called out Sixers fans for, you know, giving up, but maybe they saw something that I didn't. And, and maybe they still do see something that I, maybe I'm seeing something they don't, you know, vice versa, whatever the case may be. Everybody has different perspectives. I'm still a believer that, you know, Philadelphia teams have something different in them. They have resiliency. Um, when you count them out, backs against the wall, it really shows your true colors in general as a person, human being, whatever it is, competition. Let's see what they're made of, you know. Let's see what the players are made of. Screw the coach, screw the front office. Let's see what the players are made of. Do you guys have pride? Because last night, that was embarrassing for the city and for yourselves. And let's be honest, if Philly, you know, let these guys go, nobody wants them, literally. Nobody wants that garbage. It's hot garbage on the court. And um, quite frankly, it's disgraceful to basketball. It's disgraceful to the sport. You know, basketball minds, when they watch the Sixers play, it is disturbing. It's disturbing to watch them play. They, they're they not a great team. And um, you, you and you see other teams that aren't, haven't reached greatness yet, but you know they're going to, you know what I mean? Like even the Pelicans this season, it's fun to watch when you got young guys. And we were there once with Embiid and Ben Simmons, but now we've gone down the road so far. We're not looking for that anymore. We want improvement. We're still at the same stage as if these guys are young and developing superstars. No, they're superstars now. They need to get to the next level. And, um, you know, I look at teams like Dallas, they got guys like Luka and KP, they're competing with the Clippers right now that are supposed to be NBA champion favorites. You know what I mean? You look at Portland, Damian Lillard takes this team 
and wills them into the playoffs and then beats the number one seed Lakers in the first game. What that is, and every time you see Lillard talk, he would fit in Philadelphia so well. I just want you guys to know that he has a perfect personality for Philadelphia. Um, and I and I know we would fall in love with him. You know, it's it's where he comes from, small, small school, small college, you know, and he's made it. Like this dude is legit. I, I mean, but you look at his his mentality, his personality, and it's you know, Paul George calls him out, he's like, Boy, I sent you home last year. And that's facts. Paul George, why are you talking to Dame Lillard like he hasn't sent you home? Why are you talking like that? That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, Portland, they're, they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch, man. The Suns were even fun to watch during the bubble play. And they're like one of the, you know, they're looked at as like one of the worst teams or whatever. No, Devin Booker's fun to watch. Like these teams are fun. And it's because they at least try to play basketball the right way, you know, as a team. And that's something that, you know, the Sixers don't have good chemistry. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but just get back to the fundamentals, strip it down, Brad, simplistic offense, simplistic defense, guard your man, step up on the screens, pass the ball, drive and kick. It's basketball fundamentals. And you're, you're seeing a team that lacks them at the professional level. And it's disturbing because they have so much talent that they can get themselves to the playoffs but then they get to the playoffs around real teams and it's real time now and they don't have the fundamentals to backbone that talent. So it's it's uh, interesting to say the least, not interesting to watch, very disgusting to watch, but interesting from a perspective as a fan of the team and to have to watch that product and it's disgusting even in the playoffs with the playoff berth. It's crazy. Um, that's where I'm going to leave the Sixers. Let's go tomorrow. We need that game three, man, and we got to get back in this. Um, all it takes is one game to turn around this series, switch momentum. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, let's go tomorrow, uh, Philly. We need that 76ers NB. Tobias, please step up, man. You're making me look like an idiot. <sighs> that was my rant on the Sixers. I'm moving on to the Flyers, who are not in nearly as a bad situation. Um, they're actually the teams that I talk about that are young and fun to watch. Um, you know, you look at them and it's like, man, if they don't win this year, which you really want them to win this year because they got the number one seed and like, yeah, we want them to win. But if they don't, they're they're good going forward. You know what I mean? They got a nice nucleus there. And um, you know that they fit. Like Carter Hart ain't going nowhere. Like that is legit. And then, you know, just some of the younger guys in there, it, it, you just know it fits. And, uh, you know, they took a loss last night. I think it was like five to three. They got like a, a garbage time goal to, to extend the lead uh, without the goalie in the net. But, you know, that you can't worry too much like that, especially with a coach like Elaine Vignon, where you see the change that he made overnight just from last year to this year. There's no reason that he can't get them fired up. Come win this game six, that you are better than this team. I mean, you know what I mean? They, they're more talented than this team. It's clear as day because they're not playing as hard. You know what I mean? We got one of the best goalkeepers in, in, the, in the NHL. Um, so just capitalize, you know, get back to your basics. <laughs> it's like an ongoing thing, your basics. 
back to basics, man. I might name the episode that. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, last night, you know, uh, I was speaking on how the Flyers went and blew a lead. You know, it was game game five. They were trying to get trying to eliminate them early. Which Montreal, you know, they weren't. They're a tough team. They're not going to let let you get off that easy. Um, but you know, they got the uh, major the major penalty last night, the five minute power play, and uh, the Flyers were down one to zero. Came back, went up two to one, and then as soon as the power play's over, we give up two goals in a row to give up the lead, and then we get another goal, they get another goal, and blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, it's just all about consistency, man. And and the Flyers don't necessarily lack that. I think what they're lacking right now is the edge. And what I mean by the edge is just the physicality. If you watch a lot of the games, um, especially in this series, not not a lot of the games, but especially this series against the Canadians, they are roughing us up, and they're playing way more physical. They're getting you know more shots on goal. And they're making us play to their tempo, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, looking at this last game last night, I thought the Flyers towards the end of the game, they were finally getting that chippiness. They're like, oh, these guys are, you know, trying to kind of talking back and forth. But in reality, it's like, we're the number one seed. We're the better team. We're up three, you know, three, one, you know, like back out my face. Like, and I think we started to see that. Um, We saw Niskanen. Uh, with the cross check on uh, Brendan Gallagher. People can say what they want about that. That's a hockey play, dude. Brendan Gallagher is just a short-ass dude. Like, you, it's not it's not Niskanen's fault that that Gallagher's a short dude. It's a cross check. Definitely should have went to the penalty box. But they're talking about hearings for discipline. And this is hockey. Come on. You guys take the gloves off and punch each other, and you're gonna discipline him because he turned and and had his stick in his hands, and this guy's leaned over. But because he broke his jaw, now it's discipline him, suspend him, you know, penalty this penalty. No, come on, it's a hockey play. Um, you see people getting. Brandon Gallagher was cross checking the entire game, the entire game. Provorov, um, Niskanen. They got tired of that shit. That's what happened. And they finally struck back. You know, towards the end of the game, you see Coots out there. He, he, he knocks uh, one dude over. I can't remember who it was. Um, and you see Voracek come in, come in there. Voracek come in there and, you know, kind of just they get into a little scuffle. And that's what I like to see out of my team. Like, you're losing right now. Don't Don't back down. It's not time to back down. Set the momentum. Set the tone for the next game. So now I expect tomorrow they're going to come out and they're going to punch the Canadians in the mouth because they already set that tone. They already woke themselves up at the end of that game to play more physical, play more like the Canadians are trying to play them and outdo it, outdo them. And um, that's just kind of what I saw from that. You know what I mean? It it was good to see that at the end of the game, that chippiness that, you know, you're not going to come disrespect us type of thing. I like that. And, and I want to see more of it. I think we, we're good enough and, and we need to do more of that. Show teams that we are the powerhouse. The other thing is we can't be sitting here with guys like uh, Drew and and Konechny without goals, Coots without goals. This can't happen. We are in the playoffs and these guys have not scored a goal yet. These are our top goal scorers. You know what I mean? Our top point guys. So 
that stuff can't happen going forward. Um, they need to step up, and I'm hoping it's tomorrow that they just get a, a fire in their ass and they start, you know, playing the way they're supposed to. Connect needs to look like shit. Literally look like shit. And Coots has looked very uninvolved up until last night when he cheap shot a guy. So they they look like shit, and uh, I expect them to turn that around tomorrow. I expect Carter Hart to come out a lot better. He was playing on a back-to-back. Uh, you might have wanted to go with Moose on, on the back-to-back, but I get sticking with your young gun and keeping him hot, you know, keep him in there. Even last night, uh, I saw uh, AV came out and said today, you know, he was about to pull Hart. Uh, I think it was after the third or fourth goal. He looked him in his eyes, he said, and he saw how calm he was, and he didn't need to take him out. He, he knew it in his heart. So that's the type, by the way, that is a beautiful uh, just a statement from uh, A.B. Uh, everything you would love to see in your head coach. But um, to trust his 22-year-old goalie like that, you know, it, it, all it takes is a look from his eyes. That's awesome. So uh, I just want to put that out there. But um, I, I, I do. I, I think that the Flyers, this entire series, and I think they've been able to will the Canadians off with their overall better talent. But throughout this series, the Flyers have been getting kind of manhandled. You know, the physicality, they have not been playing up to the Canadians' level physically. And um, I think that changes tomorrow. I think it, they get a fire up under their ass, and uh, they start to play a little more physical, and it's going to spark us going forward in the playoffs. This, this series was a great first-round series for the Flyers, obviously, as long as they don't lose. <laughs> um, but a great test early in the playoffs, man. The Canadians are... I mean, you saw the way they got rid of the Penguins. I mean, they weren't supposed to even be here. So, um, very gritty team. But, um, excuse me. I do look for, uh, you know, the Flyers to get this this W tomorrow and close out that series, give us a peaceful weekend. You know, we'll probably have to watch the Sixers again on Sunday, I'd imagine. And um, you just hope that they are coming in, you know, two and one at that point. Uh the Sixers, that is. So um, that's really all I got for you guys tonight. I'm hoping to see more intensity, more passion from both of our Philly teams. Um, I'm not going to get into the Phillies tonight. Uh, just got a lot going on as far as playoff, you know, hockey and basketball. But uh, I do want to shout out the Phillies. Come on, get that shit together. Jesus. Took two more L's today. That's three in a row. After a four-game win streak, you know, we were just getting back up in the division and uh, starting to get towards that top spot. Still only a few games back, but um, got to get some consistency going here. We can't be on and off. Just can't. Can't. Can't be giving up leads like today. But um, that is all I got for you guys tonight. Uh, once again, thank you guys for checking it out, tuning in, listening. I appreciate all the listeners. And uh, I appreciate everybody that interacts with me on a day-to-day basis about Philly sports, man. It, it, I learn new things every day, and I'm able to pass things on every day, and it's it's an awesome experience. Um, I do want to say, uh, if you haven't been entered into my raffle, now's your chance. Go ahead and subscribe, comment below, and uh, I have extended the raffle until Saturday um, for the for the. 47 brand uh, tie-dye Philly t-shirts. I am doing two winners, one on Instagram, one on Twitter. Hey, just subscribe, you know, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, um, and and just let me know, and 
I'll put you in the raffle for a free t-shirt. Who doesn't like free shit? So, because <laughs> um, I mean, I'm gonna have all the all all the shirts. So, if you want one, subscribe. Um, no, nah, but um, like I said, you know, my goal with these raffles and stuff, I'm hoping to get it to the point where yes, it drives listenership, uh, subscribers, sure for me. Um, but my overall goal is to get it to where I want to do one big donation a month based off the raffle. I want to want to build up donations from fans, you know, one or two dollars a person, if a hundred people donate um, and, and enter to get the, the, the uh, prize, then I can give that directly back to a donation. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do a different charity uh, each month going forward and i just want to build up you know a, a proper donation to these charities that i get to choose from and uh you know i going forward i know september i'm gonna do the uh darius slave jersey raffle so look keep an eye out for that uh that'll be a fun one but um guys thank you for the support i appreciate you always giving me a listen and uh I'm going to go ahead and head out for the night. I'm going to go check out this Portland LA game. Man, I was surprised uh, that the Blazers came out one game one though. That was like a smack in the mouth for the Lakers. Uh, but I am going to go enjoy this game. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Scotty drowned. Uh, you can follow the sports page, ST Philly sports one. Um, that's on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on uh, Facebook, uh, Scotty Talks Philly Sports. Go ahead and like that page. Um, like I said, subscribe, like, review, comment. Hey, it's much love, baby. Uh, I do love you, Philly, and we're we're gonna get through these tough times. Even if even if the Sixers, you know, make me pull my, my long hair out. Um, but hey, just bear with us. We'll get there. It's almost evil season, guys. But that's it for me tonight, guys. Uh, have a great evening. Uh, good luck tomorrow to the Sixers and Flyers. Let's get it, Philly. Scotty out.